Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, Day 59. We can see the theme of the mercy of God running throughout the Bible. But why do we need God's mercy? God has made it available to us, but why should we take it? Why should we be recipients of God's mercy? Well, let's find out why and how we can receive the mercy of God today. A man was unveiling his portrait painted by a successful artist. When the portrait was finished, it was unveiled. The man was most unhappy with the result. When asked whether he liked it, he replied, I don't think it does me justice. To which the artist replied, Sir, it's not justice you need, but mercy. At the end of the day, we all need mercy, even more than justice. God is rich in mercy. The theme of the mercy of God runs throughout the Bible. The original Greek, Elios, mercy, also means compassion, pity, clemency. The mercy of God is available for you. In our passages for today, we see some examples of people who are recipients of God's mercy. From Psalm 27 Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. First, the struggling. No matter what struggles you are facing in your life, hold on to God's promises. Expect to see God's goodness, not just in heaven when you die, but in the ordinary activities of your life here on earth. David cries out to God, Be merciful to me. Being falsely accused is a horrible experience. David faces oppressors and false witnesses. Going through this very painful experience, he cries out to God for mercy. And in the middle of all the accusations, he's able to say, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The reason that David has this confidence is because he recognizes that God is his saviour and a perfect parent. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Many people today struggle as a result of a lack of love from their parents. But whatever your relationship with your parents, you can still begin to picture what a relationship with a perfect parent would look like. God is such a parent. His faithfulness is without question. His generosity is perfect. His affection is tender and loving. His presence is permanent. His acceptance of you is unconditional. His communication is upbuilding and for your best interest. His authority is right and true. When David writes that the Lord will receive me, he's thinking about those kinds of perfect parental attributes. God is not going to fail you, especially when you're struggling. Some earthly parents only provide love and protection when they feel their children deserve it, not God. The amazing truth is that our Father is merciful and gives us love and protection, even when we don't deserve it. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Teach me your way, Lord. New Testament from Mark 10 People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, 
He was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me in the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Second, the children. In a society that did not hold little children in high regard, Jesus had compassion on them. He said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He took them in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. We must make sure that as a church community, we give children the same love, protection, and priority that Jesus gave them in terms of time, energy, and resource. In fact, Jesus tells us whoever we are, however old we are, We all need to learn from children when it comes to being part of the kingdom of God. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus is not suggesting we become like children in every aspect. We're not to give in to every childish whim or assume no responsibility for our actions. But, like children, we're to be open and receptive, to be honest about our feelings, acknowledging how fragile and vulnerable we are and how much we need others. Like children, be quick to forgive and quick to move on in trust. Children are usually enthusiastic, appreciative and excited when given gifts. When it comes to God's kingdom, we are to be exactly the same, dependent on Jesus' gift to us and ready to accept it as a gift which we do not deserve, but which Jesus in his mercy offers to us. Lord, help me to learn from children, to become like them in the right ways and to give them the same priority that you give them. Third, the poor. Jesus tells the rich young man to give to the poor. This surely is not just for his own benefit, but because the poor were another high priority in Jesus' life and ministry. Lord, help me to have the same love and compassion for the poor as you do. Fourth, the rich. The compassion of Jesus reached not just the poor, but also the rich. Jesus looked at the rich young man and loved him. It is extremely hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Rich people and even rich nations are sometimes more resistant to the gospel. Wealth 
can lead to arrogance and a wrong kind of self-reliance. Yet Jesus says it's not impossible for the rich to be saved. All things are possible with God. Lord, thank you that you're so merciful, not only to the poor, but also to the rich. Fifth, the persecuted. Jesus says that all his followers will be persecuted. For some of us, the persecutions are very minor and trivial. People may laugh at you, ridicule you and oppose you. However, for millions of Christians around the world, the persecutions are very real and physical. This is part of the cost of following Jesus, persecution. There's always a cost to following Jesus. It may be that we lose friends or that Jesus calls us to leave a situation or a relationship. But the cost comes in a sandwich of blessing. In this life, there is a hundredfold return. And then the bonus of eternal life. God will be merciful to the persecuted. Lord, thank you for the courage, example and inspiration of those who bear real hardship for you. Give me boldness to follow you, whatever the cost. Old Testament from Leviticus 4 and 5 If any member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, when they realize their guilt and the sin they have committed becomes known, they must bring as the offering for the sin they committed a female goat without defect. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them and they will be forgiven. If someone brings a lamb as their sin offering, they are to bring a female without defect. They are to lay their hand on its head and slaughter it for a sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them, for the sin they have committed, and they will be forgiven. Sixth, the guilty. We are all guilty of sin. The word guilt appears over and over again in this passage. There is a penalty for sin. The Apostle Paul tells us that the penalty for sin is death. The elaborate sacrifices described in this passage were preparing the people for the one perfect sacrifice of Jesus who died for you and me, the guilty, so that we might receive the mercy of God. Jesus made atonement for your sins. Forgiveness does not come without atonement for sin. One definition of atonement is the action of making amends for a wrong or injury that brings two parties together as one. Hence the word at one moment. Ultimately, it is only Jesus who made the perfect atonement for our sins. Jesus died as a sacrifice of atonement. We read here of the elaborate sacrificial system of sin offerings. Jesus died as the sacrifice of atonement for your sin and mine. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. The sacrifice had to be without defect. Ultimately, it was only Jesus who was without sin who could be the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is the Lamb of God. A lamb was brought as a sin offering. The guilty person had to lay their hands on its head. The lamb died as a sin offering to take away sin. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus' blood was shed for you. The priest had to put some of the blood of the sin offering and pour out the rest of the blood. The blood represented the life of the animal. Pouring out the blood was symbolic of the fact that the animal had died. This was in the place of the person making the sacrifice. The blood of Jesus was poured out for you and me. 
Jesus has made God's mercy available to all. The words forgiveness and forgiven appear over and over again. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Through Jesus' blood, forgiveness of sins is possible. As a result, God's mercy is available for you and me. Lord, thank you so much that I no longer have to go through these elaborate processes to obtain mercy and forgiveness. Thank you that total forgiveness is available for me through Jesus. Thank you that in your great love for me, you are rich in mercy. Pepper adds, In Leviticus, we see all those sacrifices. Oh dear, what a messy, complicated way to be forgiven. It is so wonderful that we can go quietly and humbly to Jesus, ask to be forgiven and be cleansed from all our sins. How amazing is that? Let's pray. Lord, forgive me, for I have done wrong. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me and to take all my sins on the cross. I accept your forgiveness now. In Jesus' name, amen.